0: Hello and welcome to the Lupus LA Your Story Our Fight Podcast. Uh, we've got two new sponsors this season. I'm really excited about. I want to thank Malinkrot Pharmaceuticals uh, for their incredible support of this podcast. And our good friends at Gemini Beauty. I want to feature today this little this little cool daily glow serum from Gemini. Um, I don't know if you can see it on my camera, but it's got it's almost glitter-like, and uh, it's super cool. And a really great product. So, thank you to our friends at Gemini Beauty. Um, and welcome to our podcast today, Abby Mooring and Tina Allen. So, Abby and Tina are mother daughter. Uh, Tina's the mom, Abby's the daughter. Um, and this is, we, we've done a few mother daughter situations. Usually, we're talking about the daughter having lupus. In this case, uh, Tina, you're the lupus patient. And um, Abby, has uh has has reached out to lupus LA because she's in the process of really trying to raise some awareness and we're going to get into all of that but uh welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So Tina, tell me a little bit about your lupus diagnosis. I know it was it was fairly recent and um you know, so I think it's an interesting, you know, a, a lot of lupus patients are really diagnosed in their in their teens and twenties. And, uh, your diagnosis came later than that. So, so tell us about that.
1: Yeah, I think I probably had it for seven years before I was officially diagnosed, but, um, officially diagnosed in 2015. And prior to that, I had had a thyroid, thyroid ectomy. Um, and then like I had said previously, we were at, a softball game, and I got a rash on my legs.
2: We were doing a softball tournament, so we were outside yeah. for long periods of time every day in
1: the summertime, and I got a rash on my legs and went to the dermatologist. I thought I had poison, and she asked me if I thought I might have lupus and I should get checked for it. So I went. <laughs> and to so, my doctor.
0: and so, were you? Did you have other symptoms for those seven years or so that you? Then went back and attributed to your lupus.
1: Yeah, I, um, I had pain and fatigue, the photosensitivity, and I knew I was just too tired to be forty years old. So. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, post diagnosis, what have your what have you once you once you were diagnosed with lupus? What was your course of treatment like, and what was your how have your symptoms been?
1: Um, first of all, I was scared
2: to death because I didn't know what word was. <laughs> um, the first thing so, I think I asked was, are you going to like live? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be okay? So that,
1: that's scary for, for the kids for sure. And my husband, um, but it, it's been a lot of trial and error with my, um, I've got a really good support team of doctors and my family doctor and the arthritis doctor.
0: So um and you're based in North Carolina, right? You're yes, you grew up in North Carolina. Yes.
2: Yes.
0: And and Abby, you grew up in North Carolina, but now you're back and forth to LA.
2: I did. Uh, um I grew up in North Carolina and I moved to LA in August of 2021.
0: Got it. So Abby, how old were you when when your mom was diagnosed?
2: I believe she said 2015, so I was 15. I think it was Softball tournament that we won. Mm-hmm. And, well, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> and it was during that that she got a rash, and we didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. So I was fifteen. Yeah, actually. And stay- how many
0: how many other siblings do you have?
2: Um, I have an older brother. He's uh, okay. two years older than me. Yeah.
0: So what was what was sort of the reaction amongst the family? What what were sort of the steps you've taken? I think you know we've talked a lot about when a parent has a child diagnosed. Uh, with lupus on this show, and I, I'm, I'm sort of curious to explore what that, what that did to you as a child.
2: Um, for me as a child, I don't think I really understood how tired she was at first, because I mean I'm 15, mm-hmm. and you know I'm going through teenage years and everything. So like I was trying to get her to do things like take us tubing or something, and she would just be like, "I can't, I'm too tired." Which yeah. is, you know, I understand it better now.
0: I assume, yeah, I assume that gets a little bit scary. And do you think your brother being a little older at the time, was he more concerned? Was he, did you guys talk about it ever when you guys were kids?
2: I don't think me and Tucker talked about it. Like, I feel like, I mean, we talked to our mom about everything. So we kind of have one one conversations with mom. And I feel like Tucker probably understood it more than I did. because. Um, Tucker's like the nicest person ever. <laughs> so, um, I think he probably understood it better.
0: And I guess how over the course of the last, uh, however, you know, the last seven years, what has been your experience with lupus in, in the household, in the family? How much of a daily conversation is it?
1: Um, not much. Cause I, I don't want that to be their life. Um, I want them to live their life to the fullest. I pushed her to come here, do this, do not worry about me. I want them to live a full life as they can. Um, But I started getting the, the Nasta injections three years ago, and that seemed to help a lot with the energy levels, and my white count has gone up some. Um. It stinks being out here in California, not being able to go in the sunshine though, and do, <laughs> and do things with them. But the times I've tried, I've got
2: third-degree burns on my face, so I know I can't do that. She'll get um, pretty bad flare-ups, especially yeah. on her her nose when she goes outside for too long. Yeah,
0: that's tough. That's 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 especially being here, and I mean, it really, you know, especially over the summer. Anywhere, but definitely Southern California is a tricky tricky place for lupus patients who have such severe sun sensitivity. Um, do, so Abby, I should let our audience know you're, you're an actress and uh, model and you have a, a mega Instagram following, which we love because they're all going to watch this podcast. <laughs> but so tell me about the choices that you had to make in terms of deciding, okay, I'm going to leave my mom and come out to LA to, to sort of follow this dream and what decision how much did lupus play a part in that decision
2: hmm. let's see i again she really pushed me to move out here um i think it was in june that she was like okay you, you gotta get out there you gotta you know live your life and everything and i think she really pushed me to do it and it's well, just no work in North carolina and her manager's
1: here, and she's very supportive and she's she's with several agencies here, so it's just the best fit for her here in the west coast so I said, you do it, I'll come stay with you, help you out, but do not let me hold you back. I want them both to live their dreams and not not be my caregiver
2: um, so. and I saved home what is it two years after high school mm- mm-hmm. Yeah, I lived at home for two years after high school, and I did online college and stuff like that. And um, when I was leaving, I was like, I was always there to help her. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I told my stepdad, I was like, you need to, you need to keep an eye. You mm-hmm. <laughs> better keep an eye. <laughs> and, he's, he's and you're
0: like, keeping your eye on him and to keep his eye on Tina, right? Yeah.
1: Right, right. He was often during the day, and she, she would stay home with me. But he, he's great a great support system as well.
0: Now, Tina, before your diagnosis, were you working at all? Were you what what kind of path did lupus alter for you?
1: Um, uh, luckily, I was able to retire at forty. My husband um, is a farmer, and uh-huh. he sold a lot of his land, so we both retired. Um, but before that, I was a medical lab technician at the hospital. Right. So you had a lot
0: of experience in the medical field. And so, so how do you think that played an impact on your diagnosis, your treatment, your approach to lupus?
1: Mm, Probably
2: overanalyzing everything. (laughs) Her and uh, my Mimi, they have this medical book. Yeah. And they basically diagnosed her before the doctors. I really did. My mom did. Yeah. Uh She she had
1: just watched me and, and... just knew there was something wrong with me because I was very adventurous and fearless, and this was just totally different for me.
0: So, how is that? How have you managed that? Um, you know, mentally in terms of knowing the person that you were before and mm-hmm. watching that change. And, and actually, same question to you, Abby. How is that? Um, how has that been watching your mom change from the person she may she was in her thirties? to the person that the, the, the disease has had to kind of make her now.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I think she, she needs a lot more rest. Like when she travels, she needs like a day break mm-hmm. when we go out just anywhere. She needs a day of rest after mm-hmm. um, with, uh, she used to didn't need all that. Right. Yeah. I call
1: it, I call it the spoon theory. Cause it seems like I have like eight spoons a day but my students are like getting dressed as one and eating as another. So they kind of go away pretty quickly. Um, Luckily I'm able to get a lot of rest since I don't work and have a great support team. And uh, how
0: frustrating has that been for you?
1: Oh, very, very (laughs) frustrating. (laughs) I cried a lot, (laughs) but, um, but it's, It's better now. I really save my energy for my family and my immediate friends, just because I don't have much of it, and I hate that I can't. You know, lots of canceled plans.
2: Um, But she never missed one of me or my brother's sports games, so she was always there. All right,
0: that's great. That's that's important. Listen, you know, I think that's that's really true. You have to pick, you have to pick your battles, and you have to pick your. You know, you have to really manage your time. Just like you're saying, and manage your energy. Um, I think that that can be a challenge. So um, we're gonna. Here's what we're gonna do. I, I want to take a quick break, uh, and then I really want to come back and talk to you, Abby, about your drive to raise awareness and and what uh, you hope that through your career and through your advocacy that you'll be able to accomplish. Um, mm-hmm. So we're gonna talk about that right when we come back.
1: Please visit our online store at lupusla.org. By purchasing Lupus LA products, you are directly supporting lupus patients and their families. For more information, visit lupusla.org.
0: Welcome back to the Lupus LA Your Story, Our Fight podcast. We're talking to Abby Mooring and her mom, Tina Allen. And before the break, we talked about uh, advocacy. And, and I wanted to ask you, Abby, I know you're, you're sort of really at the start of what looks to be a very promising career, and so why is it important to you to um, to talk to us today, just to, to to try to work within the lupus um, world to raise awareness?
2: Um, well, I feel like lupus is a disease that no one really talks about. I mean, you hear about cancer and everything, but lupus is just not known as well. And honestly, I don't even think I knew what lupus was before she had it. So I think it's just important that people be aware of it and actually what it is because it could help someone who doesn't know what's going on to find out that it could be lupus.
0: And so in your, you know, when you go on a new job or or meet new people in the industry, how much do you talk about lupus?
2: Um, Well, they always ask me um, when you meet new people, you know, you tell them like your life story and everything. And I talk about my mom pretty much every time. <laughs> and they um, actually recently somebody asked me, it's like, oh, she has lupus. So it comes up fairly often.
0: And have you found, because I always find when I talk to people that you'd, you're, I'm always surprised at how many people have a lupus connection. Have you found any interesting lupus connections?
2: Yeah. Now, now that I know like she has it, I feel like I've heard it more and more and more. Um, I'll see. Yeah, we got
1: K- Kazi
2: Tunangas. His
1: maybe stand in eight. His mother has it, and then one of your photographers' mothers had it on Loretta Houston.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it seems like when it comes up,
2: there is connections. I feel like that's with anything as well. Yeah. You know, when you hear it once, you start to hear it everywhere. Right,
0: right, right. Exactly. So, so what's the plan? Give me the sort of the future, and, and where do you see your lupus advocacy going?
2: Um, I just honestly I just want to bring awareness to it I just want people to be aware and you know donate because there is no cure for it mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I would you know hopefully like to find a cure for it not me mm-hmm. myself but
1: <laughs> right
2: um, just for people to donate so that they can find a cure for it
0: well I think and I think what's interesting is and and I think the the younger generation is it's so important I mean you have I forget how many, it's 300,000 plus Instagram followers. Is that what, is that right? Am I, my misquoting? Am I over-exaggerating? What do we have?
2: Something like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Something like that. Right. But that's, I, you know, that's a currency today and we're going to pop your Instagram up on the screen. Uh, at, well, you know, and we'll, we'll get it out there to everybody too. But I think that's a currency that, that people in the older generations don't really understand and, I think there's so much value in being able to use that platform. And ha- have you seen, have you done any lupus awareness on the platform yet? And and has that um, resulted in any response?
2: I mean, we posted stories and stuff like that, but um, that's, I mean, I'm still new to all this. Yeah. We went to the premiere and, you know, just putting it out there.
0: And what do you think? So, what's been the reaction when you post something on, on your Instagram about lupus that, you know, 300,000 plus people are, are looking at?
2: I feel like a lot of people can relate to it. Um, cause you know, we just talked about how, you know, you hear about it and then everywhere has it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like hopefully it makes people feel not so alone when they have mm-hmm. lupus and realize that it <laughs>
0: <What it is. laughs> no, I, I, look, and I, I would encourage you to do it. You know, the more these things live on for a long time. And what we found through Lupus LA's social media is having something that lives there for a while. You may get somebody who sees your Instagram six months from now and sees a posting about a story and it can, it can lead to a connection and a contact and, somebody gets diagnosed. I mean, I hear that all the time from our celebrity ambassadors is um, how they've helped people with their own diagnosis, you know, because when they learn about lupus through you, uh, they may ask their doctor, Hey, you know, I, my symptoms seem similar to Tina's. Mm -hmm. Can you check this out? And I think there's so much power in that because even just one, one or two or three more people getting diagnosed over the course of, of however many months or years is, is important, you know? Um, and I think Especially
2: for them, to uh, get the, the care they need
0: a hundred percent, you know, the yeah. earlier you get diagnosed, the healthier you can remain. Yeah. Um, so Tina, how proud of you are, are you of Abby?
1: Oh, so proud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of both of them, both my kids, but I'm incredibly proud of her. I want her to be fearless and
2: I'm surprised she taught her
1: it. back and just do everything she can. I'm surprised she's not crying right <laughs> now. Yeah. She's the stunt work, which is really so cool. And I know she can do anything she wants to.
0: Stunt work. I love it. All right. That's, we're going to talk more about that one of these it's days, but I, I, yeah, that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough job. Now I know um, there's some native American heritage mm-hmm. and I want to address that because I think, um, you know, we talk a lot at Lupus LA about underserved communities, but uh, specifically the Native American community. Can you tell me a little bit about that? And in terms of, of, I, I think that's such a really important thing to touch on uh, because I know lupus is, is prevalent in the Native American community. And I think that's, uh, I, I really want to address that part of it.
1: Yeah. I'm really pale now, but I used to be blonde and very dark and my dad is part Cherokee, my mom's part Apache, and Abby's father Chippewa. is part Chir- Chippewa. So she's they've kind of got it on all sides. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I did see where it was very prevalent in darker skin people. So I, I just mm-hmm. really won't get it one day. I, don't I can take on anything. Yeah, is that, I don't want is it. that
0: something, Abby, that you that you worry about?
2: Um, yeah, when we went to that premiere, uh, I saw like the symptoms and I was like, wait a minute, do I have these symptoms? But I didn't. Um, Mm -hmm. but I do worry about it. Um, but I, it's not in our genetics. No one in our family has had it before. So we think it's something else that Mm -hmm. brought it on. I had something traumatic in my childhood that I hope that's what
1: brought it on and not Genetics. genetics
0: we don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think look, I think I think just knowing that there is that it's out there, you know, obviously you don't want to live in fear Abby, but I think just kind of having it in the back of your mind that if you have a symptom that pops up, you know, you can always always get it checked out and and chances are, you know, you'll be fine and and um you know, every day they're making so many advances in this disease that uh I I'm just I'm amazed that at where we've come in the last 20 years and and where we're going, especially. Um, but no, I, I I think that's really important that, you know, Lupus LA really does try to address uh, the inequities in the healthcare system as much as we possibly can. And I really appreciate your voice in, in helping us do that. Um, so what, so, so stunt work and, um, And modeling and acting and and all of that stuff. And um tell me actually you brought up your brother. What does he do?
2: My brother is a bank teller at a bank back in North Carolina. He started that almost two years ago. Got his degree in finance Mm -hmm. and right now he's studying to take the LSAT. Or he's actually gonna take it tomorrow. (laughs) You guys
0: are you guys are on opposite ends of the spectrum. That's great. and so he's at home in North Carolina.
2: Yeah, he Tina. actually so just, he, he just got says. it.
0: So does he? Is he helpful in in uh, taking care of you as well?
1: Oh, for sure. Yes, he's <laughs> yeah. like a gentle giant. He's just. You okay, mom? You okay, mom? Yeah. <laughs> you need anything? He's. They're, they're wonderful. I've, I've never had a problem with my kids. Everybody says the teenage years are hard, but they've always been great.
0: So what's your advice to other parents? Um you know, I'm a parent myself and obviously I have lupus and, and so I can certainly relate. My kids are super young, but um what's your advice to other parents with lupus uh in terms of of how they can guide their children through through your illness um or their illness and and what tips do you have for them?
1: Um be patient, conserve your energy, get all the rest you can. Manage Sit your time. Manage your time. Sit your kids down and explain it to them. That um, The spoon theories always work for me. It's just an easy understanding of this is how much energy I have and it doesn't take it long to go away. Um,
2: yes. Another way is in the beginning she said it kind of felt like the flu. Yeah, which, it feels like the flu every day. Which, you know, I've had before, but obviously it's not as bad as her disease because it's constant. Right. Um, maybe mm-hmm. that's a way to explain to a kid who's had the flu. Mm-hmm.
0: And Abby, what would you say to other kids? Uh, I mean, you and your brother are, are doing all the right things. So I think it, it's, you know, what would you say the thing that other kids of lupus patients Need to understand about a you know having a parent with a with a chronic illness.
2: Um, to just be understanding and know that they can't do the things that they could do before. Like she used to take a tubing and she was too tired for it. So mm-hmm. you know you kind of have to adjust. Um, be patient mm-hmm. with her. and Be supportive. Um, I do a lot of the cooking for her, so yeah. I try and take care of her as much as I can.
1: And she. Um, cooks very healthy and make sure I eat healthy and drink all the good stuff. <laughs> Kabocha
2: and teas. And yes. I literally forced her before this to just drink a cup of water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I forget these yeah. sometimes it's just, uh, yeah, it slips my mind. Well, see,
0: and, you know, sometimes these roles tend to reverse a little bit, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I actually said that at the mall the other day because yeah. I was – you know, when you're a kid, you want your mom to carry, like, "Oh, carry this bag." And I was like, "No, mom, let me carry this bag." <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, and then yeah. I turned to her, I was like, oh, "The tables turned for sure." <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but listen, I I really admire both of you for for walking this path, and um, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I know it's going to be super inspirational to other. Uh, moms and daughters and, and parents and kids. And, uh, Tina wants you to feel great. And Abby, we wishing you, s- you know, all the crazy success, uh, out here in, in, in the nuttiness of Hollywood.
1: Um, <laughs> thank you. But,
0: uh, so thank you both for, for joining the podcast.
1: Oh, thank, thank you so for having us. Whoops. <laughs> we finished each other's sentences. <laughs>
0: On behalf of the entire team at Lupus LA, we thank you for joining the Your Story, Our Fight podcast. Please tune in, spread the word, and come back for more inspiring lupus stories. I'm your host, Adam Selkowitz, wishing you good health, and to always remember, your story is our fight.